It's the best of the worst B-movie breakdown 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 Welcome to the B-movie breakdown What is this, Terminator? Like all those shitty, like electronic '80s drums. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of like the music in uh, Bucker Banzai and the Adventures Across the Eighth Dimension. <laughs> it has a lot of synth and stuff in it. <laughs> Instantly, just made me think of that movie. Oh, well, this is B Movie Breakdown. This is episode number six, and today we are going to cover the oh so wonderful Nightmare on Elm Street Two: Freddy's Revenge. Before we get to that. We are a weekly podcast where we find the humor and enjoyment in low-budget and lesser-known films of the past and present. Home of the good, the bad, and the what-the-fuck. Each week's movie will be revealed in the prior episode, so you too can join in on the madness. Most of the movies we watch on here are on Netflix or available for streaming on YouTube for free in some sort of way, either in parts or in full. Uh, you can listen to us if you subscribe to, on iTunes, on our website, bnbpodcast.com, or on Stitcher. You can reach us on our site, our email, bnbpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at bnbpodcast, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash bnbpodcast. You may have noticed the theme song in the beginning was by Jonathan Mann. Find him at jonathanmann.net, man with two N's. Also, YouTube song a day man. He has done song a day for over 1,300 days now. Probably 1,400 days almost now. A so, song a day keeps the something away. I don't know. Vagina away and in Jesse's case? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, Jesse was getting more vagina than anybody else in Springwood. I'll explain later. <laughs> and uh, as always, we record this from the Three Rivers Art Council facility in Manuka, Illinois. They're a nonprofit organization dedicated to the arts in the greater Manuka Shannon area. If you want to donate to the arts, go to 3-rivers-arts.org. Boom. We, uh, are crucial. last week we had mentioned a fan of ours, Ian, had mentioned to us about picking a movie for Netflix each week, like a Netflix pick of the week. Oh, right. So if you can think of one, go for it. I would meant to remind you about this, but oh well. Uh, I'm sorry. I meant to do this, but I haven't really been on Netflix all week, especially since the movie we watched this week wasn't for streaming on there, so... Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, a movie that I like to mention is called The American Scream. It is a documentary from the filmmaker who made Best Worst Movie about Troll 2, and it is about people who do, like, kind of makeshift haunted houses in their own homes and garages and basements oh. and things like that. They go really all out. Oh, and, like uh, Buckle on American Dad. Yeah, yeah. They get, like, really <laughs> intense about it. So, yeah, it's really good. I highly, highly recommend watching it, if, especially if you like Best First Movie. Has that same kind of tone to it, and uh, it's a great documentary. I think that guy's a great filmmaker. Well, you know what? If you want a, a shitty movie that, as long as you know and expect it's going to be shitty going into it, and just like put it on for something to kind of laugh at, even though it's not even always that funny necessarily, I want to go back now for some reason and rewatch Land of Doom, <laughs> the shitty Mad Max ripoff sequel wannabe. 
desert. SNM. Nothing filled. really happens. Fake rape, like <laughs> badly done rape, like make rape a joke rape when it was supposed to be serious. Yeah, that movie is pretty pretty awful. Uh, SNM a lot in that movie, and SNM in this movie, which our movie this week I said before, Nightmare on Elm Street Two: Freddy's Revenge. Um, to get things going on this, the poster for the movie. Have you seen the the, yeah. the cover art? Okay, the cover up. The poster for this movie. The character Lisa looks like Lisa on the poster. Mm-hmm. The character Jesse looks nothing like that guy. Looks like um a lot of the Looks almost like a Kirk Cameron. A lot of the horror novellas that they put out in like the eighties and um early to mid nineties too, where they had all these uh like Oh, the cover art kind of looked the same, like the the like vaguely, you know, like slightly muscular, heroic-looking boyfriend, scared girlfriend, and the the shadow, the monster, the whatever creeping in, and like maybe some lightning or dark clouds or crows for a yeah, this, yeah, this is a crow on it. I don't understand why there's a crow on it. The lightning, the crow, and the lightning bolt. The lightning bolt makes sense because only to that there's lightning in the beginning. And Freddy's gloved hand on the poster looks more like a giant Swiss Army knife than his razor glove. Yeah, and then the, and then Jesse's looking in the mirror, and it's it's half his face, but not half a Freddy face, half of a skull with brain coming out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what is this to allude to you that this is an Emmer and Elm Street movie, other than the title being on there and the claw? <laughs> the claw that barely looks like Freddy's claw. If you took the title away, you might not even realize that this is a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Oh, well, this is one of the wonderful things about the 80s, Corey. They didn't let anything, like, you know, relevance tie them down <laughs> in their artistic expression. They just went balls out and fucking all it whatever says we is feel like. Wherever the coke takes me is where we went. And it was amazing. All it says is, the man of your dreams is back. <laughs> That's... I forgot and, about and that. And Lisa, on the, on the poster, she's dressed... Unlike how she's ever dressed in the entire movie. So let's see. She's in like a white. She's in like a white nighty with you can see underwear through it. She's never dressed like that the entire movie. Play up, play up the sex to try to get people to come in, even though they're they're. She's never even really dressed all that sexy until you see like side boob later on. Yeah. (laughs) I was hoping there was gonna be full boob. I couldn't remember. It's been a while since I watched it, but no Lisa full boob of uh, Kim Myers who played the character Lisa in this movie. Uh, One big thing about this movie, and we'll get through it throughout, and if you don't know anything about this, uh, it's obviously a sequel to the original Nightmare on Elm Street. To me, after watching it again, I've seen it many times, but it's been a while, I still don't understand how this is a sequel to the first one. They've, I mean, they threw some ties in there. It just doesn't feel right. No, it doesn't doesn't feel right at all. They threw the ties like, okay, we're going to mention Nancy. It's going to be in the same house. Mm -hmm. It's going to be on Elm Street and in Springwood. Other than that, it doesn't make much sense, especially what stuff they set up in the first one. As far as Freddy coming to the... When he comes to the real world... How his he doesn't have powers anymore. Mm-hmm. That is set up distinctly in the first one. Mm-hmm. This one, I can't understand. Is Sometimes he's in the real world. Sometimes he's not. There's not many dreams in this movie. And sometimes, there are. He just doesn't... Sometimes attack. they're like half dreams, half yeah. real. He doesn't really attack in dreams. That's his whole thing. It's kind of like... 
I just don't understand. Yeah. What, what, I just feel like I don't know if they knew what they wanted to do when they were making this movie. Well, like I said, Corey, wherever the coke took him. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And the fact that Wes Craven refused to come back on this one, though he came back on the third one, which makes sense because I love Dream Warriors and I, and that one had a great idea behind it and fully. Well, one of the things is Wes Craven never wanted this to be a series. Yeah. He wanted it to just be the one movie and be done, like some other things he'd done later, like Shocker, you know, that yeah. didn't turn into a series. He wanted to have a happy ending, too. Like, he wanted everybody to come back to life after Nancy killed Freddy, but then the studio said, no, yeah. gotta leave it open for a sequel so we can franchise the fuck out of it. Yeah, and they, they had the scene with the mom being, being pulled through the window yeah. at the end, and then the car being looking like Freddy's mm-hmm. colors. Uh, yeah, they didn't really want that. I remember remember him saying that. Um, also, he didn't like the idea of Freddy manipulating the protagonist into committing the murders. Yeah. And he didn't like that it was Freddy attacking people in the waking world as opposed to the, the uh, killing people in their dreams, which mm-hmm. that was kind of the whole basis of his first movie. It doesn't seem very Freddy to me to make somebody else do shit for him unless he either absolutely had to or was somebody like he already had like a personal vendetta against and wanted to torture them yeah, as and, much and as he possible. Has, he doesn't, but he doesn't know Jesse. So. He doesn't know the character either. And also a thing will be... A, talking about many times throughout this movie is the homoerotic subtext in this movie because it is heavy and it's almost not even a subtext because it is everywhere. You know what? I just, I, I looked for it and I just don't see it. You don't see it? No. All right. We'll have to see uh, how you feel about some of the things I feel since, uh, I definitely got that vibe big time. And even there's quotes from Robert England saying that it was early, 80s pre-AIDS paranoia so Jesse wrestling whether to come out or not and his own sexual desires manifested by Freddy so even uh, Robert England Freddy himself there's things you could look at and say might seem gay but to be honest like some of the clothes like at the very beginning the bus is dropping people off you see all these guys walking around with like these really short shorts but that's how it was back in the 70s well that's fine that's what they gave to kids I had shorts like that well that's fine I'm not I'm not talking about the clothes the clothes are 80s. The clothes are fine. They're 80s. They're clothes. So there's no complaint about the clothes here, except for Jesse's in the beginning, which are unlike any of the clothes he wears throughout the entire movie. Because for some reason, in the beginning while he's riding on the bus, he is super nerd. Super nerd and, like, super creepy nerd for yeah, some reason. Like, they're, they're looking back at him, and I'm thinking he's going to be the thing that's going to turn into a monster or something. Yeah, he's, like, super creepy looking, like... His were like dark around his eyes. He's like I don't know, and his hair's all like very like nerdy looking, like half slicked back, half messy. And he's got like the your average white T-shirt on with a pocket with a pocket protector with <laughs> pens in it. And I just don't even I understand that in the beginning it's a dream of his, but. And any other dream, he's never dressed like that. Like, maybe, I would have thought maybe they would have continued that. Like, in his dreams, he's this, like, nerdy guy. You know? Maybe it was uh, just, like, something to make him feel ostracized. I think he did that enough on his own. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Or just any... Anything that's, like, part of somebody, Freddy seems to pull in there. So, like, maybe he's feeling like that in real life, so he'll make him like that in the dream. I don't know. Yeah. So... Well, in the beginning, there's a dream sequence, and Jesse's on a bus, 
and it ends up being driven by Freddy. It's actually Robert England is the bus driver, and mm-hmm. when it first starts going, yeah. he even says that in the back of the box for my movie. It says, like, look at Robert England as the bus driver. It's a real <laughs> scream or something like uh, that. It's like, okay. See, I'd rather they had left that, like, be like a little secret. Yeah, like. why, is that, why is that on the back of the... I guess this was a box set, so they assume everybody's seen the box Oh, so okay. But, I thought you meant the original VHS. No, 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 no. Uh, one thing I don't get... Okay, they drop... Everybody in your face in this beginning of this movie. There's not the introductions aren't really introductions. Yeah, no. Per se, like you gotta, it's just like you should. It makes it feel like you should already know who Jesse, Lisa, Grady, uh, you know, all the characters are. And coming off a movie where okay, all the characters died apparently, except for Nancy, she went crazy. Who are these people? Yeah. Like, yeah. they they briefly mentioned Jesse moving in a few times and his dad being cheap or whatever. Uh, you get the sense right away that really they've lived there for a while. I mean, it's supposed to take place five years after the original. No. Like, oh, they're, they're moving they're, in. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're moving packing. in. Yeah, never mind. Uh, but, like, in, in Lisa and stuff like that and, and all the other characters, they just drop them in your lap. There's no, uh, you know, nothing to them. Yeah, I was very confused because his first interaction with Grady, it's like, um, it's, uh... Bull jock nerd type of uh, rivalry. Maybe not quite that, but more just like, you know, like Grady hates him because like he, he, you know, starts a fight with him on the baseball field. And I was just like, oh, okay, this guy's the asshole. And then later on, they're talking like they're kind of friends. Literally like, like the next scene where they're doing push-ups. Yeah. They're like, he's like talking to him like he's best friends. Jesse has a little bit more, a little bit of like hate going towards him. But literally like maybe two or three scenes later, they're having lunch together and they're best friends. <laughs> so I, I just, and then he gets mad at him again. They kind of rip on each other. Bust balls a little bit, which is fine, but I was just like, I thought they were supposed to be, like, you know, maybe eventually they become friends because they have to become come together because of Freddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something like that, but that never happens because they don't have to team up against him or anything like that. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, but the beginning is obviously a dream. It's way too obvious that it's a dream. It's not. It, I mean, the second the bus goes off road, you know that this isn't like real. <laughs> the trickery between dream and not dream in this movie isn't like, you know what I mean? It's really obvious when it's a dream. Um, eh, sometimes. Sometimes it still kind of got me. But yeah, I guess. Especially when Jesse's wearing scrubs to bed. When he's wearing scrubs and jeans, that's what he's wearing to yeah. bed. It's like, oh, what an interesting outfit. Uh, so, yeah, Jesse, super creepy, super insane looking. Well, I love how the uh, the bus goes off the road into a desert. I know it's Freddy's nightmare, and he can fuck with things and change it how he wants, but, like, really, we're supposed to believe this is in Indiana, when where else are they going to shoot those yeah. Indiana deserts but, like, fucking California? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Jesse, when the when Freddy starts coming after them towards the back of the bus, when it's teetering on this like whatever little couple columns couple, of rocks, yeah, columns of rocks, like about to fall. Apart. When he's coming after them, instantly this is some of like Jesse being, you know, possibly he might be gay. This is, might not have nothing to do with that, but he instantly hides behind the girls. That either is him being kind of a wuss or being a dick. Like, no, fuck you. You're getting killed before I am. That is Jesse handling his shit. They were laughing at him the whole time. Like, fuck you, hoes. I don't. I don't love you. Freddie <laughs> can fucking cut you up. I can jump out the back. Well, he didn't love them, so it's okay. And then when he wakes up, he's wake up with the most like 
horrifying, terrifying girl scream ever. Like, I don't even know if any girl could do a scream like that. I wonder if it was a girl, if they had a girl do that scream. It seemed very pained, like he didn't know how to scream. <laughs> but you hear that, and then they cut down to his family at the breakfast table, his mom, dad, and little sister, and they hear it too. And they don't even like react at all other than to like barely acknowledge that it happened. And his sister goes, why can't Jesse just wake up like everybody else? Yeah. Fuck you! <laughs> yeah, I thought that was such a weird thing to say. And then they're all just like... like He's obviously experiencing trauma, but be fucked normal, you bastard. Yeah, and the mom's just like, oh, he's having nightmares. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's... And then his mom, <laughs> she's slicing up a giant tomato and putting it out on a plate for breakfast. Like, who does that? Yeah. Giant sliced tomato for breakfast. They, I could see, like, oh, you need your vitamin C, but they're all having orange juice, too. Yeah. And, they, and they zoom in on the tomato when it's being cut up, and then they, when they cut back to the kitchen again, they zoom in on her frying the eggs. Yeah. And then like, like way over fried, like yeah. way too much butter and yeah. grease or whatever. And, and She's burning that's them. the breakfast she makes for the dad. These <laughs> uh, these eggs and a tomato. <laughs> like what an odd breakfast. And the sisters eating Fu Manchu's. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> think Fu Manchu themed cereal. <laughs> I thought that was weird, but then I think it was like a thing to like fuck with him. Like, oh, I need the Fu Man fingers, and she puts them on. Then it was yeah. like Freddy's glove, like, yeah, just to just to start fucking with him and get in his head. So like, I I'd take that. They could have designed the box better, though. It looked like a, a kid <laughs> in grade school made it with construction it paper. It looked so bad. I was just like, really, a Fu Manchu themed cereal? Okay, I guess we'll go with this. But you know what I thought was really shitty? Like, uh, the the little sister, like that's her one shitty moment. The mom's otherwise more or less on his side, but the dad is just a complete fucking dick. Oh, he's, he's a total dick. He's a dick, and he's about as checked out as the mom from Mac and Me, because he comes down there, doesn't say anything about the screaming, like, fuck your screaming, you better unpack your room tonight, mister. He's almost... And then he refers to Jesse's mother as, as mom. mom. How creepy is that? It actually made me feel like sometimes their family, even though sometimes he was a dick, felt like the Cleavers. Yeah. Like, very much like, oh, hey, mom. And like, <laughs> oh, mother. And they had, like, and they had like family time. And it was just, like, this weird, like, family. They didn't really exist like that at the time. You know? Right. And it was really off. Except for the dad was a dick a lot of times. What you're saying, he was so, like, out there and so, like, out of it, like the mom from Ekami. It's almost like Nancy's mom in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, she keeps denying it, keeps thinking, oh, it's going to get better. Oh, this, this, and this. Nancy's just this. It's all Nancy's fault. It's all her doing this. It's a similar vibe, but not exactly. Because she, while she is a bitch in that movie, she's an alcoholic, so yeah. it takes a different turn. But, but this guy's just a straight-up dick. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I know, he needs an ass I know you gotta have That's what he needs. You gotta have certain like tropes of horror movies like the the parents that won't help you or something, but like this is just like taken to an extreme. And then like just to prove like what a big dick he is, like they're they're talking about too, like, oh I think uh, something's wrong with the air conditioning and he's like, There's nothing wrong with it, just needs a shot of Freon. That means there's something wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. That definitely means there's something wrong with it. Uh, so Jesse after he goes outside in the morning, he goes out to his car, the deadly dinosaur, as he likes to call his piece of shit car. And here is Lisa. 
which I guess is his already girlfriend. They really don't... Despite having just gotten to town. Despite, yeah, just gotten to town, already his girlfriend. She kind of says she's just getting rides from him, but I guess it's his girlfriend. But this is another example of them just throwing in characters. They really don't even say her name for a while. Yeah. They're just like, here's this girl riding in the car with, okay, now we know Jesse, because we learned his name after 10 minutes of the movie, (laughs) and now we're going to learn her name about 15 minutes later after we learn his name. Although, it is a big check in the not gay column for me. Barely in town, already has a girlfriend. Boom. Well, she's just a friend. She keeps trying to say that they're not boyfriend girlfriend, so maybe he thinks of her just as a friend. She thinks of her as a boyfriend girlfriend. I think she's skittish, and if he gives you the title girlfriend, she'll freak out and flake out at him, but if you just keep playing the just friends thing, just like, it's okay, we're just friends. Oh, can I unhook your bra? Just friends. Oh, can I take down your panties? Just friends. Finger blast you? Just friends. (laughs) Well, she was a fiery redhead, so she got that, uh, you know, fire crotch going on. Oh, awesome. There you go. She was a ginger. So, yeah, so he's like, the de- she, he turns his car on with like a push start, like this like get, those like kind of ghetto rigged version of a push start he has in his car. Yeah. She goes, "Aren't you afraid anyone's gonna steal this?" And he's like, oh, "The deadly dinosaur." As if like we're supposed to know that this car is this like car that nobody. I don't know. They he kind of said it as if it's like this thing See, already. That seemed like it was a good introduction for the thing because then like it it pulls away and it really is a giant piece of shit. Yeah. It's like, spewing black clouds out of the exhaust pipe. Like, I thought that was fine. Yeah, and it's, there's some weird cuts in the movie, like, where it goes from them going to school, and it doesn't even show them walking into school or anything. It already cuts to, like, way later in the day. They're in gym class. Oh, and here's this super jock guy, the badass guy. And once again, we are not, we don't know his name oh, for you know what? either. They're, the boys are playing baseball, and the girls are all doing archery. archery. Where the fuck was this when I was in high school? We didn't get to do anything fun like that. I would have loved to have learned to shot a bow and arrow. <laughs> but I guess down in Joliet Central, they thought that was too dangerous. I mean, yeah, people got guns and shit, but bow and arrows? Oh no, you could put an eye out, mister. <laughs> and, well, one weird thing about the gym class, some people were in gym outfits, men and women, and some people weren't. Yeah. Was there like, you can wear it if you want to? Or just bring whatever? Because they all weren't wearing the clothes they were wearing. They're wearing like, workout like attire, yeah. like, okay, crappy t-shirt, like some gym shorts or whatever. But some people are wearing like the same stuff and some people aren't. I was like, oh, did they run out of this this kind of clothes? <laughs> and like, okay, some people are going to wear the blue and orange and other people aren't going to wear the blue and orange. And, like, it was really weird. And then when uh, Grady, who we don't find his name out for whoever, I don't I can't remember how long yeah. you don't find his name out for. But Grady, when he goes up to bat, he does that like weird little dance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like really weird. It's a taunt. Like, this one's coming at you, buddy. Yeah, I don't know what kind of taunt that was, other than like, oh yeah, come and get me. Yeah, like, but like, look, just, I've seen people do that before, just like make it really, really shitty or like, <laughs> or whatever. And Well, yeah, so then he just like, and then it just hits Jesse in the head. Right in the head. He gets knocked out, and so the asshole Coach Schneider comes over, and everybody's gathered around and just like, you're all right, like, pissed that I even have to ask. Like, no, he's not all right. He just took a giant fucking softball right in the head. Like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, oh, get the fuck back up then. Watch yeah. out next time. Coach Snyder, definitely the biggest D-bag in the whole movie. More of a dick than his dad. Yeah, definitely. Definitely more. Well, he gets his kicks on, like, making kids do, like, push-ups. 
because that's the only punishment they ever have to do, except or, for when he's making them running laps, which that may or may not have been a dream. It's never really fully explained. Because no. he says it was a dream, but then he was there, and then he was outlawed. Well, earlier in the movie, he makes him run laps, too. Yeah. Like, they're having a conversation, and then he's like, no talking! Like, what the yeah. fuck? Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> when they're running around outside, he, yeah, he yells at him, no talking! No talking. Running, I didn't think that was them, him making them run laps. I thought that was just part of gym class, where they're just running laps. Every time they reason. show him, he's punishing them, so I assume that was more of the same. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then I like when Grady deep pants is Jesse, and then they proceed to wrestle around on the ground. Well, they they get Grady How can you say he's running between bases, and they're throwing it between uh, Jesse and another guy. So Jesse finally gets the ball and like tags him, like, you're out. He's just like, ah, no, and pantses him. And then Jesse gets into a fight, because it was... You know, I would be pissed about that, too. Yeah, and then Coach D-Bag comes over and is, like, flipping his shit. You know, that's basically, like, 85% of what happens in the UFCs. Two dudes in Speedos wrestling around the ground. And nobody says that's gay. Man, there's plenty of people that do. (laughs) Well, you can just hang out with your homophobia club then, Corey. I'm not a homophobe. There's absolutely nothing about two guys wrestling around their underwear, just, like, Tussling around, flipping over and over, and, and holding each other tightly. And things and, might get inserted into other things. It yeah, happens. I mean, it happens. You, you got to give them it the happens. mandible claw. Try to get them to tap out. You know, it's okay. You can finger blast them too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, it's a submission move. Yeah, it's okay. Well, then, well, they're I like when they're doing push-ups. And one of the times you're doing push-ups. The first time. And he goes, yeah, he goes to some queer bag S&M joints. Yeah, he, goes, <laughs> he gets his rocks off doing stuff like this. He likes pretty boys like you and goes to those queer S&M joints downtown. <laughs> and then later and on we get then to Then he cuts right to talking about Lisa. He's like, You should that. be mounting her nightly. Yeah. <laughs> See, Grady is a good friend. Like, get in there, bro. See, that's what get I'm like. In there. That's what I'm like. Are Jesse and Grady friends within like two minutes because they got yelled at by the same guy? Like, that's what made them friends. Or Jesse just had a secret crush on Grady, so he wanted to get in trouble with him. There was no way he could have planned that. That was all Grady starting things. Mm, Jesse did start the fight after the depancing. You have to fight somebody after they paint. He could have just been like, you know, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away. <sighs> it was the 80s, away. Corey. Nobody walked away. He could have walked away. Every last cartoon we had back then was about superheroes fighting supervillains. You didn't walk away in the 80s. You kicked fucking ass. Yeah. And that's the way it still should be, but the goddamn yup-ass sex is shit in charge of kids' cartoons now. Just want to <laughs> put all the stupid, oh, let's screw around at school and have 15-minute episodes or nothing happens and we just hee-hee-hee all day. Fuck you. Rant over. <laughs> Rant over. So, well, yeah. And, uh, it's just like, they kind of jump around a little bit. I feel like they were at the school, and then now we're back to another one of Jesse's dreams. He's at home at night. This is where he's wearing scrubs and jeans to bed for whatever reason. He never wears scrubs any, any other time in the whole movie. Where did he get scrubs from? I don't know. Thrift store, I guess. Because he just decides to wear scrubs with jeans to bed. But most of the time, he has wearing, he's almost naked in bed because he's sweating so much. But this one time, he's sweating so much, and he still has all his clothes on. I just didn't get... I was just like, I kind of didn't get that. And he goes downstairs to get something, and oh, the basement's just on fire. This is normal. 
<laughs> it's not that the basement's on fire. It's just they have this giant furnace in the basement that gets a giant fire started in it. Like, why would you even have a furnace like that in a house as, you know, fairly modern looking as this? That was weird. But, like, that's how the house is, though, so... They had it in the first one. I thought they went down there quite a few times in the first one. Okay, well, still, just the fact that, oh, we're giant fur furnace with a big giant fire in it, like, that's not how furnaces are now. And this is really when you're first introduced to Freddy up close, like, you, again, I mean, obviously in the first one, and the makeup this time around is, be is done better than the last movie, I mean, lower budget in the last one, so, you know, it looks a little bit better, so that's already alright. And then, this is when it, this is when it's revealed, and it starts getting really confusing for me, is that, okay, now, we basically learn Freddy's gonna somehow live vicariously through Jesse. It's never really explained how he's doing it. Like, I feel like in all the other movies, there's an explanation to what Freddy's doing and how he's getting back in. Like, okay, the, whatever. The, this, the first one, he's in the dreams. First time, they get rid of him. This one, you don't... Uh, you have no well, idea how really he's back. they didn't really get rid of him because he came back in the end, so that kind of... Well, yeah, but you have no idea, like, what's going on, how he's kind of messing with Jesse. I guess because he... Died in the house, quote-unquote, so he's just in the house. So Freddy's in the house, I guess, or something. Because yeah. the house comes back into play in a lot of the other movies. They keep referencing that house and over and over again. But, I mean, like in the one, the one girl's pregnant, so Freddy's using the, the pregnant child is constantly sleeping, so that's how he's getting into their heads, mm. like through the child, the... in. And in certain ways like that, and, you know, they kind of give an, some sort of explanation as to what's going on. This one, there isn't really much. It's just, he go, he says something like, you got the body, yeah, I got it's, the brain. It's literally just out of nowhere. Like, he pulls his, his glove that was wrapped up and hidden inside the furnace, I guess, out. He's just like, Jesse. Kill for me. Yeah, like, there's, there's no this, build. This, literally, this, out of nowhere. There's no build-up to it. There's no build-up whatsoever. I, I, it's just insane. It's like, it's laughable because there's no build-up. And it's just, okay, this is what's happening. You may have to sit there like a robot and just accept the fact that things are happening. Yeah. Me. Like, oh, <laughs> these are just people. And I'm going to follow them. Much like Mac and me. <laughs> well, this is happening now. Yeah. And now this is happening. Yeah. And But that part, the, while there are some cheesy moments in this movie, and I do love all of these movies, I even I love this one. I love all the Nightmare movies, except for the remake. I didn't enjoy that too much. But the effects in this movie, there's some awesome, awesome effects that happen throughout this movie. And one of them is right here, where he exposes his brain. Yeah. That that effect is really awesome. Later on, there's one with uh, in Grady's room, and that effect is really, really awesome. Uh, so while there are some weird plot issues in this movie and things like that, the effects I did really, really enjoy. So, so I don't know if this was immediately after this or like another another dream later, but he wakes up screaming again, and then his parents decide to take an interest. They both rush into his room. His mom's like, are you okay? And then his dad's like hanging real close to him with his hand on his thigh, just like, ooh, are you like a creeper dad? <laughs> yeah, he kind of has that vibe, like the whole mom thing. Ugh, that was, that was mom, awful. do you see where I'm touching him? Mom. Oh, God. <laughs> and then we cut to their, their uh, science class, and the teacher is talking about like dissection 
man and what goes on. Brady's like making fart noises. Whatever animal is like they're talking about. He's basically the teacher is lecturing about like pissing shit the whole time. And <laughs> the solid waste gets removed here from there, and then the liquid waste is like great. Everyone is sit here and listen to pissing shit in science class all day. And then if you, I don't know if you noticed on some of the weird little things in. <laughs> The extras sitting in the science class, but it was pretty funny. There are two guys near the front who, <laughs> much as I much as I don't think Jesse was gay, these two, I swear, they look like they were almost holding hands. <laughs> it's like they're lab partners and life partners. <laughs> and then when he he starts sleeping in class again, he wakes up screaming again. They cut to some more people up front. These two girls, this black girl, was not a girl at all. She was obviously, like, in her 40s, and she's sitting in a high school <laughs> class. Like, really? I mean, I know a lot of your extras aren't necessarily going to be under 18, but pick somebody that can at least pass for yeah. high school. <laughs> not like, I'm here to watch my son in class today. Or, uh, yeah, like some like old lady with gray hair just sitting in there like a Strangers with Candy type of <laughs> Yes, and here you go. <laughs> uh, and then it, you think it's a dream or nightmare because there's this giant um, constrictor snake crawling all over Jesse, wraps around Grady his throat. Puts it it's on. about to start to choke him, but yeah, fucking Grady puts a snake on him. Could have potentially killed him. So he starts screaming, and then the teacher acts like he's the asshole, like, "Oh, you fucking joker, playing around with the snake, huh? Good job, asshole. Blame the victim." That's part of Grady and Jesse's flirting. Back they're, and forth. They're not flirting. They are. Grady put a snake on Jesse to try to kill him. It's, I guess it was just ball busting gone out of control. There's nothing gay about putting a giant snake on another man, wrapping it around his throat, and having it slither up near his face and start to almost tongue kiss him with its darting tongue. There's nothing gay about that, Corey. All right. Well, the writer himself says that it's uh, it's part of the film, so uh, we'll take his word and your word and uh, see what we think well, towards the end of this movie. Well, that is all part oh, of the apparently, criminal liberal media's conspiracy. Apparently, Grady's first name is Ron. Yeah. Did they ever say that in the movie? Mm-hmm. His dad, maybe, when he's screaming his name. And somebody else called him that earlier. I didn't realize that somebody else had called his name, called him that. I yeah, at first I thought it was a continuity error. Like, his name's Grady, not Ron. And oh, he's Ron Grady. And I really didn't even know Jesse's last name. Like, they didn't really say Wal- it was Jesse Walsh. Walsh. It was Walsh. But I really don't remember them saying it too often. And then that one chick, she never had a last name, just Carrie. <laughs> well, considering the parts she had in the movie, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's true. Uh,. Oh, so yeah, they're in the class. Okay, they're in class. And then the next scene they cut to is Lisa getting out of a pool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, weren't they in school? <laughs> yeah. And it, <laughs> seems to be, and it still seems to be, like, plenty of daylight left, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not like an after school. I mean, after school, there's some daylight left, depending on what time of year it is. But... It, it just all of a sudden there she's in the pool and she's like Jesse come over and he's and like then her her mom comes out she's like Lisa honey there's a Jesse on the phone for you <laughs> just yeah. one though not <laughs> not all the Jessies that she knows oh. just the one well maybe she was talking to Uncle Jesse on the side <laughs> <laughs> well actually that show hadn't come along quite yet well this is 1985 well this was ba- he was based on a real person okay. <laughs> <laughs> that Uncle Jesse. All right, like Kramer from Seinfeld. Oh, here's the real Uncle Jesse. Yeah. Tour San Francisco with him. Yeah. <laughs> I 
cable cards with Uncle Jesse. <laughs> yeah, so I called him Uncle Jesse while he was inside me. <laughs> so he goes over to go to Lisa's. Another example of his dad being uber dick. Go and pack all your shit. Like, just no. Like, you can't go swimming. So then, <laughs> girl. So then, like a like a five year old, he's just like fine and he stomps, stomps back up the stairs. Stomps up the stairs like a little and girl. Then, and then he goes over to his dresser. He like takes a shoebox full of shit, just opens a drawer. Here you go, dumps dad. it in there. There you go, dad. Yeah, that for picking. Yeah, and this is uh, we were talking last week about the Castlevania Two effect, where it goes from night, day to night so fast. It's daytime. He's gonna go swimming over at Lisa's, he goes upstairs, goes in his room, and all of a sudden it's dark outside. <laughs> they literally show him walk into his room. It's supposed to be the same, like he kicks the like luggage as if he's still mad at his dad. Unless he unless he's been upstairs that whole time. Maybe he was sulking at the top of the stairs, then finally decided, fine, I'll go dump some stuff in the drawer. Yeah, like four hours bad. later, I'm just gonna yeah. finally still be pissed <laughs> off about this and haven't picked up a thing. Like he could have got this done in like 30 minutes, man, and been over this swimming with Lisa and making out in her pool, but no, you decided to sit there for four hours being pissed off at your dad. <laughs> yeah, and then he, then he has this like extremely, extremely feminine dance scene. You know where no, this me okay. where this really? the song the song the is called "Touch Me" in parentheses all night long <laughs> by Wish, and he's singing or like lip syncing and dancing along to that. And I'll tell you what, there's very nothing poor. gay about that. <laughs> it was a very popular Touch dance me. song then. It was so popular it was remade in either '90 or '91 by Kathy Dennis. Kathy Dennis, who went on to produce Kylie Minogue, queen of like dancey club shit. Queen. There's nothing gay about Kylie Minogue or Kathy. Kathy Dennis, or a song is called Touch Me All Night Long when he honestly wants bitches just touching all over his dick all night or long. Or he wanted Corey. Grady to touch him. No, he didn't want Grady to touch him unless they were doing a fucking Eiffel Tower and they high-five, because there's nothing gay about that. You gotta high-five your bro when you're doing one and he's doing the other. Oh yeah, it's not gay if it's in a three-way. <laughs> That's the rule. It's a golden rule. It's the golden rule. It's been documented. Golden rule. It's not gay if it's in a three-way. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, well, to yeah. go along with oh, this. No, he's when he's dancing, I don't know why. And it makes me laugh every time I watch the movie. Okay, he's got these goofy lightning bolt glasses on. This whatever For whatever reason, he decides to get all dolled up. Like he's like, puts this trucker hat on just to do his cleaning and dance moves. He puts these sunglasses on. He has this like... Whistle, a little whistle pop thingy that he's acting like he's one of those. Dick one of those little party things where, like, you push it in and like yeah. little confetti and streamers yeah. pop out. So he's using it as a microphone and it has his dick <laughs> at one point. And as then well. he gets down on the bed, sort of like half. He's like down on one knee on his bed with the thing out and his dick because he's such a fucking man. And then Lisa walks in and he goes off like, oh, I so want to come inside that. No, but I was talking about what happened before that is when they zoom in on his ass for some reason, bumping the uh, dresser drawer in, into place. Because he wants to be bumping Lisa up against that dresser. God. Or he wanted to be bumping uglies with... Bro, Grady. Oh, 
Corey, Corey, ass Corey. to ass. They wanted to go ass to ass. Dildo connecting, ass to ass. I know haters like you are just gonna keep calling all these baller ass bros gay. No, and you know what? You might even look, I... you might even look when his mom opens the door and there's a sign on his door that clearly said no checks, but he put a piece of tape over it and wrote I for no chicks. But that obviously <laughs> meant he wanted his room. <laughs> He wanted his room to be a man cave, and you can't have chicks in a man no, cave because unless can't. they're bringing you a sandwich or a beer, you can't have chicks to be in in a man cave. And I'm not saying any of this because I hate gay people or anything like that. I have friends that are gay. It's all because that there is well documented homoerotic subtext in this movie. So it has nothing to do with any There's of that. There's no documented homoerotic subtext in your movie, Corey. Yeah, and then Lisa and his mom walk in, and it's just this awkward stare of like, oh, we just, sorry you just caught my son doing this really homoerotic dance to this uh, really homoerotic song. It's not homoerotic, and his mom was awesome because she could have taken that thing as like, uh-oh, he might do something with her up here. She's like, I'll just leave you two alone. No, Jesse's mom, so cool mom. She's like, oh, he's not doing anything while listening to this song with those shades on, popping his cherry up in his room by himself. <laughs> yeah, I think he was sticking that little, uh, little confetti blower somewhere else. We shouldn't see that scene. <laughs> okay, Corey. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, the guy that's dancing to Wish slash Kathy Dennis is gay. She's like, oh, I should have. Oh, sorry, I should have called and told you I was coming over. Like, uh, but the thing is, he goes, wait, this is this is something that made me really laugh. When she says, I should have called and told you I was coming over. Did he ever call her and say that he wasn't coming over? <laughs> He was obviously too busy sulking at the top of his stairs. To, to be courteous enough to just say, hey, my dad's pissed. I gotta pick up my room. Sorry, I can't make it. She's like sitting there by the pool, waiting and waiting. And then finally he's like, well, fuck this. I'm gonna get dressed and see what the fuck he's doing. And this is a big win in the not gay column because she wanted his dick so bad she was just gonna drop over there without telling him and jump his ass in his room. Oh, boom. Yeah, because she's not gay. She wanted his dick. Of course she's not. Never mind. Yeah, I'm just saying though, she's not gay. She wanted his dick, and he and he was he so ready dick. for it. He wanted if his mom hadn't been there to like throw off the whole vibe. He was ready to go. He wanted some dick too. But honestly, watching this movie a lot of times makes me feel that this movie is just a real. And sometimes it feels like it's just a really creepy after-school special about coming out of the closet, like. <laughs> I mean, it has, like, this whole Freddy aspect, so it's already, like, that's, like, the creepy aspect. But his mom's like, is there something you want to talk to me about? He's like, no, Mom, nothing. I don't want to talk anymore. It's well, like, it's it really seems like an after-school special about coming out. See, no, that's not even possible, Corey, because, first of all, Jesse's not gay, and second, all the after-school specials back then were about demonizing pot. It's not even true. And that was even up in Schneider's office. There was a, there was a poster I caught that said, uh... Where is it? I wrote it down here. Okay. It's a fact. Pot hurts. <laughs> it does hurt. Maybe the birds were in pot. The birds that... 
Oh my god! When the family, <laughs> when the family's having family time. Well, well, first of all, Jesse's asshole dad still hasn't bothered to do anything with the air conditioning, yeah, and they're all like complaining about how degrees. hot it is. And he checks the thermostat; it's ninety-seven. Even he's pouring down sweat on his face before Why do you that. Know that he's such a stubborn asshole. He won't admit that he's fucking burning up in his own house. And uh, I like when Jesse walks in the room. He goes, "My lord, it is hot in here." <laughs> Like, who talks like that? Jesse is obviously a, 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 a Mae West fan. A Southern gay man? A Mae West fan. A Southern gay Come man? Come up and see me sometime at Lisa, which she did. Oh, my lord, it's so hot in here. I was like, who talks like that? Yeah, and then these birds. This is, ah, this is another part of, like, the explaining I just don't understand. They don't explain how these things keep happening. Okay, Freddy is using his powers. How in this point? Through Jesse, he's not sleeping. So how is Freddy, when Jesse's awake, using his powers to create fires throughout the house? Yeah, it's like, it even started even before the first dream then, because when Jesse, well, I guess after the first nightmare at the bus, that's when he comes down, they start noticing about how it's starting to get hot in there. So, like, why? That, why is it getting hot, weird. though? Because because yeah, because exactly. because of, of boiler rooms, I because I don't know because they never explain it. There's but, something uh, literally to the end of the movie. Once the movie's over with, they never once explained why fires were happening. Like I, I assume because of Freddy, but you know, I mean, at least they could have shown like a scene where he's in like a dream world and like ha ha and like yeah. doing the fire or something. Yeah, it's a, there's, he's never to be seen when any of these fires are going on. You just see Jesse and he's getting this like creepy look on his face, which he already kind of looks creepy the whole movie. Well. This this actually was pretty creepy. They have two birds in a cage, and they put a a blanket over it to like get him to go to sleep. But then they start the making noise like, in there anyway. The birds are sleeping after everybody else was just talking at normal volume, and Jesse comes in and talks at normal volume, yeah. and she shits all over him. Yeah, but you know, then they hear noise coming from the thing, so he pulls the thing off, and one bird kills the other. He's like, "What the fuck?" And he opens the thing, and then the other bird flies out and starts attacking them, and then it finally just explodes, like spontaneously combusts, and all these green feathers come raining down on them. And then, to prove what a fucking prick the dad still is, he's like, there must be a gas leak. Let's check the stove. Because that's the only explanation for how this could happen. he blames the bird seed that they're, that they're buying. Yeah, he's, and like, then he he's bit- like, it's not the stove, dad. It must be that damn cheap bird seed you're buying him. Right, bird seed that makes birds explode. And then he goes on to blame Jesse he's like, for putting you a did firecracker this, didn't you? on You're it. You're firecrackers. You put a cherry bomb in that bird, didn't you? What the fuck? <laughs> how, like, how much do you hate your son, you fucking serial killer? You killed our birds. You're always blowing shit up with firecrackers, except you're not. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is so fucked. I just don't even understand why his dad is such a dick. And why blame Jesse at all? He was nowhere around when the bird before the birds even and they were all sitting in the living room when they see him walk up and put a cherry bomb inside the fucking bird. <laughs> and light it. Just because I didn't see you do it, or obviously do it, means you totally did it, you little bastard. Uh, okay, so there's not too many dreams in this movie. There's only like... Oh, well, here's the next one right away. After getting bitched at about killing place. these birds. Like, he place. wakes up in the middle of the night and sort of sleepwalks or not 
to like first yeah. he goes to like an all night motel with like an hourly rate thing on there because you know you got to go bang your bitches somewhere if your dad's a dick and then he wanders over to Dom's place this S and M bar but you know what he's just like fuck it I'm not eighteen I'm gonna go have a beer fuck you dad just like he said fuck you dad when he dumped that box in the drawer to obviously stick it to the man like fuck you I'm yeah. gonna go get a beer in a gay bar and I'm underage <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, he goes in, nobody cards him. He's not wearing any SM attire like the rest of the people. He's in just his t shirt and jeans. And uh, nobody, uh, yeah, nobody cards him. He just goes in and decides to get a beer. And all of a sudden, Coach Schneider's there hanging out. And this is one thing they never explain if this happened in real life or in a dream. Because he, the coach dies at the school. And Jesse's found out in the middle of nowhere naked somewhere, okay? So you're you're you are led to believe it was real. Like he he in real life he was there and Freddie came through him in real life. But then later on they keep mentioning it as a dream. Yeah, but So was it half dream, half real? I think Did Jesse just, fall asleep in the showers? I think, and then that was when Freddie came through? I think he was just so freaked out about it, like seeing Freddie in his dreams, like, well maybe it was a dream, like to try to protect himself from thinking about like what what really happened, but like considering none of the other deaths happened in dreams, I don't think it was a and dream. And that's what doesn't make this a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Like but, none of the deaths happened in dreams. Right. That that is that was very yeah. Like I, I honestly don't like that either. But definitely once again not gay. Jesse walks into a gay bar, decides to leave his shirt unbuttoned, so he'd be like, Hey boys, buy me a drink so I don't even have to pay. Fuck you guys again. Free beer. Oh yeah. He does. And and the bartender liked him so much he even gave him a glass for that bottle of beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was a dream then he wouldn't have to pay for the beer anyways. It wasn't a dream, though, Corey. But if it was... It doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, yeah, and then all of a sudden, uh, Coach Douchebag Schneider's there and is, like, wonderful NSM attire. I love that because he's, like, the coach, the gym teacher. He feels he has the authority. Oh, I caught you doing something you're not supposed to do. Come with me. I'll handle this. And he goes along with it. Why? Yeah. This is the 80s. We're saying fuck you to everybody. Yeah, he decides to go with them, and for some reason they go back to the school. And he makes them run laps inside the gym for like, some reason. Well, like, why did they go back to the school? Why didn't he take, if he wanted to, like, rape Jesse or do something to him, like, why didn't he take him to the sleazy hotel? <laughs> why did he take him back to the school of all places? You're going to get caught if you're there. Well, obviously he wanted to like make it happen in the shower so it'd be easy to clean up all yeah, this. And then this is when I first noticed I was like, is this half real, half dream? Coach's dream? Can he use powers in real life? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I had so many questions within like two seconds. Cause I just because maybe it was the coach's dream. I don't know. Because it just because they never explain anything. And Schneider is about as big of a delusional douchebag as the dad, if not more, because Jesse's in the shower and Nothing's happening to him. But then Schneider's in his office, and everything starts going fucking nuts. Things yeah, start all the balls moving and shaking. Yeah, like oh, every balls. last ball he's got stacked up comes flying out and hits him in the face. Oh yeah, balls just hit him in the face. Schneider's got more <laughs> balls in his face than the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole time, like he's just got like this. 
like this like mildly pissed off look like, oh, you damn kids, you're doing this somehow. Hey, what's going on here? Only when two he's jump like, ropes finally he, wrap around his wrists and drag him towards the shower. He's almost like the teacher from Fairly Odd Parents, like, fairies! <laughs> like, it's you kids that are doing this. <laughs> like, what? Like, how big of an asshole do you have to be? Like, it, I could just see him, like, getting abducted by aliens, too, like, his car stalls out on a country road, like, huh, what the fuck? I got full gas and, like, see a light in the sky, like, huh, must be a plane or something. Helicopter. Get out and, like, get hit with the fucking tractor beam, starts pulling him up, like, what the hell's this? They threw an invisible rope around me. They're pulling me up to the helicopter. <laughs> He's him in the day. Get, get the fucking dad. probed in the thing, like, what the fuck is this? I guess they're giving my physical early or something here. <laughs> it's like him and the dad have the same mentality. They're both dicks, and they both don't want to ever admit anything's happening or accept the fact that things are happening. <clears throat> because, yeah, and then the coach gets tied up with gym ropes, tied to the showers. Jump ropes. Yeah, like, yeah. They gets tied up to, to the showers, butt-ass naked, and gets clawed to death. Well, he gets tied up, and then invisible force rips his clothes off. Yeah. And then uh, a towel lifts itself up by itself and goes in there and starts, like, towel-snapping him over and over Yeah, so ass. it's like, I'm assuming... So he's got, like, a red, almost bloody ass. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm assuming this is Freddy doing all of this, okay? You're assuming... You're led to believe it's... You know, kind of think it's Freddy doing all of this stuff, but... If you had knew anything about the previous movie, you knew he could only do these things in dreams. So if this is happening in real life. How the fuck is this happening? I know. I just. I know. They, I just. It's so. It's so unbelievably insane. I just. It's like they. They. They, they, it's like they forgot that that was part of the first movie. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, they, it's the, the, oh, whatever, fuck it. We don't give a shit about that. We just want them to kill people. It doesn't matter if it's in a dream or in real life. It almost seems like, um,. Uh, South Park's rendition of movies these days, and uh, Kevin James is the zookeeper, and whatever, fuck you, you'll pay to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Freddy has powers, and whatever, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Remember how I can only use him in his dreams before? Well, now he doesn't matter what the fuck happens, because we're not even going to put many dreams in Freddy this Freddy might not even be Freddy anymore. We could change his name to Gladys, <laughs> and he could be a psycho grandma. Well, whatever, fuck you. Well, he's Freddy, but wait, maybe he's Jesse. Okay, we'll just call him Jesse Freddy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I just said, nothing is explained. No, there's no Jesse and nothing. Jesse and Freddy, Fressy, <laughs> Jetty, Fressy or Jetty. <laughs> I kind of like. At first, I kind of liked Fressy better, but then when you said Jetty, I was like, mm, I think I'm gonna go with Jetty. <laughs> We'll just bastardize the name now, like uh, like Will Smith did naming his kid, like Braden. No, Jaden. I just made that up. Fuck you, like <laughs> Jetty, Jetty Kruger. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So then they find Jesse just wandering around naked on the highway. Yeah, just like why uh, is that where he went after like the school? Did Freddie make him go out in the middle of the highway? Well, he was freaked out. He probably just ran. And when you're hysterical, you aren't thinking straight necessarily. Plus, he was covered in blood, and the showers were just spraying nothing but blood rather than water. But all of a sudden, there's just which are this, all things that would happen this in driving world. rainstorm. So why not? Why not just go out in the rain, get washed off, and wander wander around and figure out what the fuck to do? I don't know. Yeah, and then his mom's like trying to talk to him, like, but like the you're next... doing all these secret things. Well, you don't want to talk to me. First of all, when they when they cut it. 
cut of him, like, obviously, like, I gotta get out of here. Don't even show him leaving, necessarily. The next cut is his parents suddenly up, suddenly noticing he was gone when they didn't before. And there's, there's a knock on the door, and two cops have him there wrapped in a blanket. They go, does this belong to you? We found him <laughs> naked and wandering around on the highway. Like, well, there's obviously something going on here. A good cop would have checked to make sure, like, he's not being abused here, is he? But, well, there's obviously something bad going on here, but here you go. It's your problem. Yeah. Like, we don't care. The dad's like, he's a methadone clinic. That's what he needs. Well, after after saying that he needs an ass beating first. Well, first he's like, what are you what are you on and who are you getting it from? I'm not on drugs, dad. And then his mom is like, you know, like trying to play advocate. We need to get him to see a psychiatrist. He's like, no, he needs a kick in the butt or a methadone clinic. Like, yeah. that's what he needs. Like, he's so sure. No, he needs a kick in the butt and two seconds later. No, he needs a methadone clinic. Yeah. This is the fucking asshole, unilateral, you know, I'm in charge of everything. I, another, Fuck you, Dad. Another question I have is, how did Lisa find out where Freddie worked and took the kids? Yeah. How yeah. did she know that information? Like, she takes him there after he's just been... Well, one, he's they just They got the name from Nancy's diary, but then considering how much this town was trying to hide this and how much work Nancy had to do to find it out, I don't know how Lisa was able to just, like, yeah. oh, yeah, here you go. Here's everything. All these convenient newspaper clippings from how many years ago that I just got back in 1985 when you didn't have Google or anything else. Yeah. And, and, and they act like the coach dying was, like, really not that big of a deal. Like, just He's like thinks that he did it, but they don't really ever really, they don't really talk about it because she just instantly takes him to this place. Oh, I love I love Grady's one comment. Like he pulls up to school and then finds out that oh this was real. Like maybe after after sleeping in his own bed, he was just like oh maybe I just dreamed it. And he's like, you hear Schneider got wasted last night. He got wasted like when he says it like that. I assume like Schneider got wasted last night. Then he came here and threw up all over the place and pissed in Mrs. So and So's room. <laughs> Schneider got wasted last night. Got hacked up like a kielbasa. <laughs> and the, okay, so when they're at Freddy's like place of work or wherever when he took the kids and the whole boiler room thing, they open that furnace up and there's a rat and it's a long... It wasn't a furnace, it was just a big cabinet that yeah. was laying against And something. they pull it open and there's, all they show is a rat. And Lisa is so unbelievably frightened as if she just watched her, like, parents be slaughtered. And they do this long pull-away shot of her, like, cowering with Jesse. And she's like, oh, my Anything God. Rats, oh, my Jesse. God. Anything I was just like, oh, my God, a rat. This is unless, so serious. Unless that was just her cue of, like, oh, we're in an abandoned building. Might as well just fuck me. Like, I'm so scared, Jesse. I'm so scared. I need you inside me. Well, yeah, so... And, and, and one more thing about I wanted to mention about the whole after school special. It's like the after school special, and like Freddie is like the gay feelings. <laughs> like he's like, come on, do it, do it. Like, like, oh, like, see, uh, like, come out already, come out. I don't see. Know. Freddie's really the good guy in this situation. He's trying to get Jesse to really be who he is. Oh no! Murdering <laughs> gay psychopath. <laughs> no, see, that's exactly it. <laughs> I don't like it for that reason, because if it were about that, then that would be like, see, the gay side is the bad side, and you need to kill it. Well, yeah, the that's what I mean, though. Normal. That, well, that's well, that's what I mean, though. The parents are trying to get to to put the gay side away, but he wants the gay side to come out, which is Freddy, which is the good thing. He wants him. Freddy's the good guy in the situation. Yeah, but then the... If, the parents are the bad people. If, if Freddy's the good thing, he's killing people. What's good about that? It's like saying, like, like the whole gay thing. See, it's bad. You'll just kill people. You'll give them AIDS. Well, yeah, and then, 
back to the crazy cuts. So when they're at the place, they cut to a clip of school real quick. Are you gonna? Uh, can't wait for your party tonight. Okay, here's the party. It's like okay, this no, party no. was never really mentioned before. I think first they they cut back to him again at night. And then you see what looks like somebody coming up on his little sister. And the oh, it's Freddy, and, and then, then it's him. him. Yeah. Like, he snaps out of it just in time. He's like, go back to sleep. Goes to pull the covers up. See, he's got the Freddy glove on. Like, what the fuck? That was actually kind of disturbing. I yeah. Thought. yeah. Like, he even looked like he didn't even know what he was going to do. Like, he was about to, like... It was, dis- uh, it was disturbing, but it really didn't have a place. Yeah, you're right. Because they don't really focus on it much later. He mentions it once, but it didn't really have a place in the movie. You'd think that would have been like more of the big focus then, since Freddy was about killing little kids, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was a missed opportunity. They should have done something more yeah. with that. So they go to her party, which is like the big... Oh, finale. wait, wait, not yet, not yet. Hold on, oh. there's there's one more dick moment from the dad here. They It's the next morning again, after that, he comes down there for breakfast again, and he sits down, and then all of a sudden the toaster starts on fire, and the dad freaks out, he's like trying to put it out with a towel there, and then he does, and he's like, huh, well, I'll be damned. Wasn't even plugged in. Huh, an electric fire, an electrical fire in a toaster that wasn't even plugged in. I'll yeah. just give it an "I'll be damned." Shrug and go off to work. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And then, like I was saying, they go to at least this big like party she's having, which is apparently a huge deal. Yet we barely hear about the like planning of it. She, uh, Carrie mentions at one time a lot of guys coming to your party. She's like, you know it. So why would? Why is Elisa all excited about hot guys if she wants Jesse? Like, what the fuck's up with that? Like, oh, you're gonna just gonna you just gonna invite this guy and then just bang all these other dudes right in front of him? She's trying to make her friend happy. Her friend is obviously the one that wants all the hot guys because she asked about them. She's trying to keep her friend happy. Well, she's Let like, her friend totally. get the train run on her. Well, I thought maybe Lisa wanted the train run. Maybe Jesse they get off on that. It's like a cuckold situation. <laughs> Jesse likes getting off on other guys and t- taking her, you know, in the pool. You know what? There's if you're a really good friend, friends share. And if you've got some friends that are pretty hard up, like, hey, bro, you know what? Take my girl for a while. And okay, so there's nothing gay this, about sharing a at, girlfriend. At this, I didn't say it's gay. I didn't even say that. Well, good because it's not. You just went on a rant. Good because it's not. You tried to tell me something I didn't even say. So, okay, at this point, how much time do you think is left in the movie when the pool party starts? 30, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes? Something like that. Okay, there has been one Freddy death. Yep. And this is almost the end of the movie. Yeah. One Freddy death, and he's barely been in the movie. And it even took a while for them to get to that one death. And he's barely been in the movie. Yep. It's like, how is this a night? How is this Freddy's revenge at all? He <laughs> talked to Jesse a few times and it's barely shown up. I really don't even understand. So they're at the party and like the parents are kind of throwing it and cooking. The parents go to bed, so it's like, parents are in bed, lights off, beer wagons. Yeah, and I love when they pull up the wagon full of beer. One of them is just a generic can that just says beer on it, and the other one's Coors. Yeah, they but they had that hidden in the back so you couldn't even see the logo unless you knew the can design, you wouldn't know that but the other one just generic beer like they had the generic aisle back in the 80s when <laughs> everything just had like a white label with no, the standard black the, lettering I the, on it I thought the front ones were the old Coors cans that had the generic black lettering and it said Coors it was yellow can with the black lettering and the back ones were Budweiser's 
Oh, I could have sworn it just said beer. No, I'm pretty sure it was Coors. Okay. See, uh, beer would have been funnier. Just like generic beer. No, just it was like all the like. It was Coors and Budweiser. Like cereal, cheese, yeah. beer. Or it would have been funny if it was Fu Manchu beer. Yes. yes. Fu Manchu has a whole line of everything. Or maybe, or maybe like Black Hat beer. We'll have like a shadowy Freddy on there, like ha ha. <laughs> I gotta get the black hat out of the can. Uh, uh, so yeah, the Reds go to bed. They pull up rider radio flyer wagons full of beer. <laughs> Who knows where they were hiding them that the parents didn't see all of them? Because it's not like they go far to get them. They like pull out from behind the tree. Well, you know, the dad who was grilling before he went to bed was wearing an apron that said Mr. Wonderful. And I think anybody that would seriously wear that in public has got to be one of the easiest tools to pull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Lisa and Jesse, well, Jesse's having all these issues about maybe not wanting to be there. You know, oh, I shouldn't be here, all this other stuff. So they go in, and they kind of start making out, and then he gets some... Uh some he gets some side boob action on Lisa. Starts like kissing on her chest and stuff. But instantly, Freddie, the the feelings come out, and he's like, "Oh, I can't be here." Well, what should be mentioned is he's making out on her, and then all of a sudden, his tongue turns into like a giant hentai penis tentacle coming yeah. out of his mouth. So this one, he's like, just shows how bad he wants to do her. He's like, no. "Oh my god, I want you too bad. Yeah, I got to hold on." That just shows like, his apart. true feelings coming out, and his true who he really is inside is coming out, and he's like. Oh, I gotta go see my oh, friend Grady. I can't fuck you with my one dick. I gotta fuck you with my giant dick because that's so gay. <laughs> I have a giant boner for you. That's how gay I am. I have this giant boner that's in my mouth for you. Coming out of his mouth, not going in. Coming, it's coming out, out of his mouth coming, to go coming, into her. In. It's all the same. So he runs, and instead of staying there making out with her, where does he run into? He goes and sneaks into Grady's room and covers his mouth. <laughs> You know what? See, you can't even defend that. No, you know what? He had to go to the one friend in the world that he had since he's new, besides his girlfriend there. But who was his enemy? Help me. Who was his previous and enemy? Say, and, you know what? You, you can't tell me you've never had a friend that started off being like kind of a dick or an enemy. Not and usually to, Not know. usually within a week. It happens, Corey. Deal with it. I hate like, you. Hey, We're bro. Friends. I need your help. I'm about to do something bad, so you gotta stay awake and keep me awake. Like it makes total sense. He tells him. He tells him right there. Something's trying to get inside my body, and he's like, "Okay, bro. I'll help you. I'll keep that nasty thing out of you, because that would be gay, and you're totally not gay." Well, so this is probably when he goes to. Um, Grady's house. This is my favorite part of the whole movie, is when Freddy bursts out of Jesse's body. That was pretty disturbing, but like at that point, I was like, this is more like a werewolf movie, and Freddy's not supposed to be a werewolf. Yeah, it looks cool, but it doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense because he bursts out of his body, this whole insane scene, so at this point, he, when upon first viewing, I think anybody would think this. Okay, He's going to be Freddy for the rest of the movie until uh-huh. something good happens. Yeah. Nope. Kills Grady, and all of a sudden now he's back to being Jesse again. Yeah. Why do they even have him explode out of him like that? Just to scare Grady, I guess? 
Because later on, he doesn't explode out of him like that. He just right. turns into him. Yeah, I, I guess that's what he wanted to do. Freddy does like fucking with people. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. Because then he runs over to Lisa's house, all covered in blood. And then when the dad finally busts into the room, and like I believe this is what happened, he goes, Oh, my poor son! After finding him butchered. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, and he, and he like put his hand up on his forehead to oh my poor son. <laughs> yeah, and I just once again I still don't understand how any of this is happening. I still don't know how he's making him and like burst through his body. It's, how that doesn't kill Jesse. It's how, only been like thirty seconds when like the door got locked and Grady's trying to get out and his parents are on the other side trying to open it and the claws come through and like as soon as it's done the police sirens are here because they called them and they're here in thirty seconds. And he's just able to sneak out the window then, considering all these cops are, like, already here. And the thing is, there's no aftermath from any of this. There's no, like, oh, Freddy's back. The parents, the, a lot of the parents clearly know what's happened in the past, what's happened with Nancy five years ago. None of them are like, oh, my God, this is happening again. Yeah, like, Nobody's, <laughs> like, thinking anything of this. It just, everything in the end of this movie in the last 20 minutes just happens and is all forgotten. Yep. It's literally, it just happens and nobody gives a shit. It is pretty awful because he goes back to Lisa then covered in blood and she's still wanting to deny that it's that anything's happening. So then he finally gets her to believe him, like, oh, you got to stop me. And, and, and so then he turns into Freddy in the house there and she's just like, <gasps> so now that Freddy's in the real world, like, he shouldn't have any power and for a little bit here he doesn't like his big thing is to just chase her around the house and then like after she like he knocks her down and he's like holding on to her instead of like cutting her up with his razor hand like you'd think would be the thing mm -hmm. to do like he just like he tries to take a bite out of her leg and she just like kicks him off of her and then runs over to the door can't get it open turns around and he's just standing there like in the door of the next room and like puts his hand up and knocks down a collector's plate like so scary <laughs> hey you want to run away? Take this! These plates, gone! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she goes to stab him, and she, like, barely, like, taps him with the knife. Yeah, like, she goes, she gives, like, the weakest, like, I... I hate to say it, but, like, the weakest, like, girl attempt at a stab, she's just, like, she's got this giant butcher knife, and, like, she's obviously not even trying to penetrate him. She's just like, oh, if I just knock the tip against you, you'll be scared, right? Like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, so finally Freddy, I don't understand this either, and it is hilarious. He jumps through the window to the outside and, and disappears. Away. And then he pops back up out of the water. And so finally we get Freddy killing people. He's just running up to them and stabbing them in the stomach. Yeah, he like slashes two people to death with his glove, and one other person gets trampled to death by the people trying to, <laughs> trying to climb the oh fence to get out of the backyard. I love that part. I love this part so much. These people killed one of their own friends. <laughs> it's like, I know there was a lot of people in the backyard, but there weren't that many that they no. would have had to trample each other no. to get to the fence. They could have picked the guy up. Like, somebody could have started climbing up, and then somebody just, like, pushed them over and, okay, now take my hand. It wouldn't have been like that at all. And now he starts using powers again. Like, how is he using these powers? Yeah, like, he's making the pool boil. He, like, makes Hot something explode, explode yeah. behind him, and, like, he's... Fires come out of, like, all yeah. these other places. Yeah, he's got the fire behind him. He's like, you are all my children now. Which is... And then does like nothing to try to get them after that except for the one guy the one guy this Who, is like tries this to is like the second guy that like he like slashes to death like tries out of all these people him, that yeah. are here like he goes it's okay calm down man nobody's gonna hurt you the guy that's killing people it's okay nobody's gonna hurt you what the fuck <laughs> he, like, yeah just, so you just tell me what you want and, we'll, and he's just like you know i'm here to help you and he goes 
finally, help yourself, fucker. <laughs> yeah, but you think after Freddy being like, you're all my children, like, somehow, like, consume their souls yeah, or something yeah. insane And then like he that. proceeds to do nothing except get the, the guy that was stupid enough to try yeah, to... Yeah, and then the dad comes out, shoots a couple shotgun shots, and then... Freddy just walks away. Well, Lisa knocks him down like, No, Dad! Because it's Jesse inside. She doesn't want him to die. So... Yeah, so then he just walks away, like, walks through the fence and sets a fire in it, and then they just go, where do you think he went? I don't know, probably the other side of the fucking fence. Did you look? (laughs) Yeah, so she instantly knows that he went back to the the thing. Somehow. But why would he go back there? Like, what does he want to kill Does he have anybody to kill there? No. Yeah, so just because that's where he worked and where he killed kids before, he's just going to go back there? And when she goes there, there's these weird... (laughs) There's these weird... Rottweilers with, like, like human faces on them? It's like it's kind of disturbing at first, but then like they don't really do anything except sit there and, and bark. growl. They do nothing. Yeah, they they are really weird looking. They almost look like they have like giant baby faces and it's like, on their yeah, head. It's like if Freddy suddenly has powers in the real life, why in real world, the real world, why aren't these things attacking her? But then it, the whole time she's in the boiler room, it's like anything he's throwing at you is just illusions, and he can't really hurt you as long as you're not scared. So she just kind of like closes her eyes and walks past these dogs, and they don't even make a move. Yeah, so they her. bring back that whole mentality, which is nice. The whole Nancy thing, like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not afraid of you. But that worked in the dreams, and that's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how she killed, that's how she defeated him at the end of the movie, was like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. So, alright. You think that, okay, being that afraid is once again gonna defeat Freddy. No. That's not what defeats Freddy. It's love that defeats Freddy. <laughs> She's like, I love you, Jesse, and kisses him, and that's what makes fires start all over the place, and melt Freddy to death. <laughs> like, love? Love defeated Freddy? That's really what happened at the end of this movie? Love conquers all, Corey. Yeah. And then the effect is kind of cool when Freddy's melting. Yeah, that was But then kinda... Jesse just wakes up and he's all It was like very him. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yo, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But then, like, Jesse, like, breaks out of his burnt husk, kind of like um, Sigourney Weaver at the end of Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like that. Yeah, it's it's like just like that. He has like all the ash and all the pieces still like attached to him. And then so okay, Jesse's alive and then uh now they're uh He's, you know, it's the next day or something. Yeah, like nobody seems to give a yeah. give a care that all this shit happened. His parents, his mom's like, I'm so proud of you, Jesse, Here. for whatever you reason. You seem so much better now. Yeah, and then he starts walking down the driveway. Actually, this might be my favorite part. Of the, this might be as as funny as far as funny parts go. This is probably my favorite part. He walks down the driveway after his mom says she's so proud of him and he's doing so much better, and jumps up in the air and does victory arms <laughs> for for what reason. Because I defeated Freddy, or because his mom's proud of him? I really don't understand. Can it be both? I guess it can be, <laughs> but it's it, it's out of nowhere. He's walking to the bus, and he just has victory arms. If, if, if I okay, if that was in real life. Everybody on that bus would be laughing at him for doing victory arms in the middle of the yard for no reason. Everybody on the bus would be like, did you see that guy do victory arms? What was that all about? (laughs) But no, he gets on the bus. Everything's all fine. No one seems to care what happens. You know, the parents, the cops, uh, nobody says a damn thing. And I guess, what? It's all a dream, I guess. I guess that's the whole movie. Is the whole movie just one big giant dream? I don't think so, because I think it's just like at the end of it where like you think it's 
the next day and everything's fine, but it's still a dream and Freddy's back and he starts killing people again. Like he gets on the bus and then the bus takes off again and it's like, oh no. And then and then when that arm comes through that girl at the end, it's such a bad camera cut. Oh yeah. And if you notice no blood. Yeah. It was disappointing. It's like she's there and then her body completely shifts to the right and then the arm comes through. It's like they couldn't they couldn't just do it all in one motion for whatever reason. I don't know why they couldn't just film her standing above the seat but her like up here and uh, then her lower half was nothing or yeah. something. Why couldn't they have done it the way they did it right there the whole time? Yeah. She didn't have to be moving. She could have just <laughs> stood there and talked to them. But no, they cut and her body completely <laughs> shifts to the right or left. It's very noticeable. The arm goes through and then all of a sudden Freddy's driving the bus and it just goes off into the desert again. <laughs> and then the gang from Land of Doom, here we go again. <laughs> it just keeps coming up over and over again. Yeah, I just don't... The ending is... There are very, while there are hilarious moments in this movie, I did I do love it because it's Freddy still, and it's for those moments I like it, but for the rest, it's a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of nonsense bullshit. Ugh, okay, and all and they don't explain anything. No. They don't ever explain anything. No, that, there's no explanations. That there's, was that was very dumb. There's really no there's really no climax to this movie. The movie is very no. anticlimactic. Yeah, it it's is like love <laughs> conquers all. I guess kiss. Kiss him and Jesse comes back. Like uh, she didn't even have to figure it out. At least in the other one, Nancy had to like try to figure this shit out, you mm. know, on her own, or you know, with help of uh, like Glenn and some others. Like no, no, you know, all of a sudden Lisa's just gonna give give it a shot. It's not like she even knew that this worked. She just kind of gave it a shot. Like oh, I hope this works. I love you. Kiss. <laughs> like okay. In all seriousness, though, if I were to look at this as, um, like, knowing what I know now, like, oh, this is about somebody struggling with his sexuality, like, I actually like that aspect of it, and, like, it, like, looking at it like that, the movie came off completely different. I was like, wow, I actually kind of like this, and I think this would have been a way better movie. Oh, yeah. If they oh, would have yeah. used a different monster instead of Freddy, or, oh, like, yeah. done Freddy right. I think it would have been a better movie, too, and, I mean, even, um... Mark Patton, who played Jesse, who is a um, openly gay actor, he said, I don't think that the character Jesse was originally written as a gay character. I think it's something that happened along the line by serendipity. They said it was that and a combination of like the way the director decided to play the script like played that up, too. Yeah, the, they said David Chaskins admitted that the homosexual themes intentionally written into the script. The rest of the cast and crew stated they were unaware of any such themes at the time they made the film, but uh, that a series of creative decisions on part of director Jack Shoulder unintentionally brought Chaskin's themes to the forefront. How can you unintentionally bring things to the forefront that are in the damn script? Well, with a name like Jack Shoulder. <laughs> yeah, he says, I simply didn't have any self-awareness to realize that any of this might be interpreted as gay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like I said, uh, Robert England himself said, um, mm -hmm. Jesse's wrestling with whether to come out or not, and his own sexual desires was manifested by Freddy. His friend is the object of his affection. That's all there in that film. We did it subtly, but the casting of Mark Patton was too was intentional too, because Mark was out and had done some other movie at the time. Come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Uh -huh. Uh, I don't uh, know if like, it's a movie about uh, bisexual or... It was a play that it got turned into a movie, but I don't really know what it was about. Hmm. 
But anyway, like l- looking at his dad in this context is just like, okay, this is the the typical asshole, distant father. Like you got to be a manly man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. There's something wrong with you if you're not following every last one. And of the my mom's like, and, talk to me, talk to me. Uh-huh. And he doesn't want to. That's what made me feel like it's like the after school movie thing. The whole Freddy being like the gay feelings, like that's like a joke. It's more like it wasn't trying to say that the gay feelings were bad. I was trying to say the gay feelings were Freddy was actually good in this movie as opposed to being bad. But uh. Yeah, the that's what made me made it feel like very after school specially like the parents. The parents were very typical in that situation. Uh but uh the movie it opened in just 614 theaters and it made 3.3 million dollars its opening weekend when its budget was 3 million dollars. And this was 1980s money, so yeah. that was probably like 2.3 billion by 80, our standards. 85, so the movie uh ended up making total 30 million dollars. Which made it a huge success. Wasn't it thirty three something? It just says the film has made thirty million dollars. Hmm. I thought it was domestically, 33. domestically made thirty million dollars. Okay, never mind. Maybe that was one of the other ones. Yeah. So uh, I was actually looking at that all last night for some reason. I got obsessed with like how much they all cost and how much they made. And anyway, and then then the movie really, I mean, genuinely had some um, negative reviews. Because uh, it's not the greatest coming off the original one. It's because rather than just stalk teenagers and kill them in their dreams, Freddy would commit random acts of violence in the yeah. real world, <laughs> which they briefly didn't. Uh, which he only did briefly in the first film, and it didn't I mean it, it doesn't make any sense. It, and he's he's barely in the movie. For this to be Freddy's Revenge, <laughs> to have that subtitle is insane because he's barely in the movie. And I think honestly, as far as the nightmare movies go, I think this is probably the weakest one of them all. Yeah, uh, I'd say it's my least favorite. Uh, I mean, even Freddy's Dead, while it's not that great, I like some of the story elements they do in it. The three <laughs> stuff. You forgot the power glove. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that part's really bad. You got the whole thing at the end where it was in 3D and his daughter's in it, and uh, like, they have the daddy-daughter fight thing at the end. And while it is stupid, I still enjoyed that one a lot better than I enjoyed that one because it's more Freddy-like, especially the way they were taking the character at the time. He was just getting goofier as the movies went on, more comedic, more like calling people bitch and yeah. you know, and like. T- Teasing people and whatever, so and I and I liked what they went with New Nightmare. I thought that movie was great too. The, the remake though, not so much. But what are you gonna do? That's why I kept thinking like, I like they, the beginning of the remake. The first yeah, step is pretty creepy. I, I kind of I kept thinking after they made that remake, I was like, oh, are they gonna do a second one with this main character Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> but then now since like it'd be more of like an acceptable thing to have in the movie, so like he is a gay. Character like as a nod I, I to the other one. I would watch that if they did it justice and they didn't make it stupid. Yeah, but the, I mean, the way this that last one was, it was I was I didn't enjoy it and I didn't want to see another one, so I'm kind of glad they didn't make another one. Who knows what they're ever going to do with this property in the future? But I think once you got Robert England gone, it's kind of hard to bring back that magic. I mean, he was kind of the heart and soul of yeah Freddy Krueger. And it's kind of hard to repeat that. I don't know why they had that logic. I know if you want to do a remake, you want to do some things different, but do you really have to do everything different? Yeah. I mean, with characters that may like a Jason or somebody, whatever, it's a face, it's a mask. Yeah. Nobody sees it. You can have anybody play it. But somebody that's so vocal and so out, you know, mm-hmm. made made that that guy, his whole career is, you know, revolves around that character. Whether he, I mean, I mean he, whether, you know, like I was say, whether he wants to make it or not, but he embr- fully embraces it. And, you know, that's what he's known for. And that's what he's going to be known for forever. And that's the legacy that he's going to leave behind. So to take that 
character and be like, oh, and I like Jackie Earl Haley. I think he did a great job in Watchmen as Rorschach. I think he's a great actor, but I just don't think he was right for Freddy Krueger. I just don't didn't like that. I just didn't. The movie had some all right parts to it, but as a whole, I was pretty disappointed by the movie. As a whole. <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> This was uh, our B-movie breakdown of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Next week, our movie is going to be on Netflix, so you can find it there on streaming, and I'm sure you can find it on YouTube in parts or in full. It is called BMX Bandits. It's a 1983 movie starring a young Nicole Kidman. It's about two BMX experts, or BMX, BMX experts, bikers... And a friend of theirs, played by Kidman, who become entangled with a group of bank robbers after they discover a carton of walkie-talkies. <laughs> I really don't know how that's going to play out, because I've never seen this movie before. So, the only thing I know about it is that they parodied it on American Dad before. Well, considering they didn't have cell phones back then, this is probably, like, the closest thing, and they probably thought they were all cool, like Dick Tracy. And, we can talk to each other anywhere, guys. <laughs> so awesome. What if these fall into the wrong hands, though? we got to keep that from happening. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how... Uh, Insane or not insane or terrible or whatever that BMX Bandits is going to be because BMX uh, was a you know coming on the rise in the eighties. So I remember there was also a movie called Rad that was about BMX, <laughs> and uh, there were some BMX elements in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Even he had his bike, but there were those kids that were on the bicycles. The one kid's like radical <laughs> when he does like the jump off the house. So yes, next week is BM. Uh, I was gonna say BMB. <laughs> BMB podcast band. It's a oh, shameless plug in this movie title. Now, BMX Bandits, 1983. Find it on Netflix. Watch it with us. Send in your thoughts. Uh, I we had some people. Somebody commented on the Nightmare on Elm Street promo thing I had put up and wrote shirts and skins. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much more skins than shirts. That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, there we go. In uh, uh, another fan of the show, Alec Head. It suggested the movie Ewok Adventures, which is apparently in full on YouTube. Oh, really? And I don't remember. Did they, ever, did they ever officially release those? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they officially huh. released that. That's on weird because I don't DVD. remember ever seeing them in stores, like ever. I thought yeah. like George Lucas decided to try to bury those. <laughs> well, yeah, it's in full on YouTube, so one day we'll get to the Ewok Adventures. I oh, I'm, I remember watching it as a kid and liking it because I like Star Wars and I yeah. like Ewoks, so I honestly cannot remember a single thing about it. I remember a little kid with blonde hair. Curly yeah. blonde hair. I don't know if it was a boy or girl. I just remember that and Ewoks. So maybe we'll get to that one day too. So you can uh, follow us on Twitter, BMB Podcast, website bmbpodcast.com. I wonder if George Lucas will try to do Jar Jar Banks adventures now. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. Well, it'd be Disney now, anyways. So I know, but. Well, they were. Uh... We can. I think he got enough hate on the Jar Jar wagon to stay far, far away from that. I think people like Ewoks more than they like Jar Jar Binks. I know, like Corey. Ewoks. You never know. Some people hate them. What if What if all the little kids that grew up starting with the new ones decide they like him now, and that'll turn into a thing now that they're coming of age? <laughs> you you don't all. even know it. Kill them all. Kill them all. <laughs> so fourth B movie breakdown. I'm Corey. I'm DRC. We forgot introductions at the beginning. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Shit <laughs> Just like people forgot a lot of things in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And we're back. 